And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. We don't give enough credit to signs, and we really should. That sign over there tells you great French fries. That sign over there tells you this is your exit. And look at that legendary sign. It's the Motel 6 sign. It tells you a great night's rest at a great price. Book online at motel6.com. And use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Look for the signs. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a great price when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letter CP. Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That's a great deal. And that's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, we are Red Eye Radio. I'm Gary McNamara. He's Eric Carley. Hello. Thank you for being here. All right, now, this story I saw yesterday, I had to read this over and over again and go, you've got to be kidding me. Mm-hmm. You've got to be kidding me. And uh, this was in the Wall Street Journal the other day. Hmm. We didn't get to it yesterday, but I got to get to it today. I cannot miss the opportunity. Why? Because this is an American airline hub, and many American airline employees are going to work right now. So you can see how your company is just flushing money down the toilet. Yeah. Okay. Because I couldn't believe this when I read it. Okay. American Airlines is joining the race to remove carbon from the atmosphere. Hmm tapping a novel method that is much cheaper than many existing approaches and could boost this industry, not the airline industry, though. Mm. The airline company is purchasing credits from a startup that uses bricks of carbon-absorbing plant materials to sharply lower costs, potentially making carbon removal a widely used climate solution earlier than anticipated, it is one of the first carbon removal deals by an airline and shows how some of the biggest corporate emitters are trying to find new ways to cut their environmental footprints. Are you ready for this? All right. Uh, graphite, a startup working with American, collects agricultural waste products such as sawdust or tree bark that naturally absorb carbon dioxide. It compresses that dried biomass into shoebox-sized bricks and seals it with a special barrier to prevent the plant matter from decomposing and releasing the carbon. The bricks are then buried and monitored using an embedded tracer substance to ensure that they are locking away carbon. This sounds like the worst movie ever. I know! What a load uh, of garbage. I'd rather watch the, the, the trees killing us. What was that movie? The Happening. The Happening. Yeah. Based on my allergies, trees are killing me. 
Mountain Cedar. Graphite charges a fraction of the price companies pay for direct air capture, the most heavily funded carbon removal technology, that process which employs giant fan-like devices to suck up air and separate the carbon isn't expected to be deployed. I can't even read this crap this, anymore. It, what? This is just you know what it is? garbage. You know what that is? Solar-powered tanning beds. <laughs> That's right up there with my idea of solar-powered tanning beds for critical thinkers, lawn chairs. Jeez. And they're getting away with it. They're getting American Airlines money. And this is part of the cap and trade that they're this is, this yeah. is This is actually right. cap and trade. Right. This, is, this is buying credits. Yeah, you're buying credits. So part of my airline ticket, and remember, I fly exclusively. Mm-hmm. I have over the last, really, I don't think I've taken another airline for over 20 years. Mm-hmm. American. Mm-hmm. So part of my ticket price is going for this foolishness. That's right. Now, they will tell me it's being required by the government in a way. Mm-hmm. And it's cheaper, mm-hmm. but it's still completely and totally useless. You're flushing money down. You might as well just burn money. Right. Exactly. Unbelievable. What I'm going to be doing, Gary, is I'm going to be filling balloons with air. Hmm. Follow me. Capturing the carbon. Yeah, this is carbon dioxide. And yeah. I'm going to take those balloons and keep them in the guest room in my home and other areas so that they cannot be released. So the carbon is captured in balloons. I'm looking for companies, large corporations. If they would like to purchase some balloon credits, balloon carbon credits, let me know. Flushing money down the toilet. I'll write your corporate name on the balloon. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CPREDEYE, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Pilots or flight attendants unions, you might want to bring this up. 
in your next contract negotiation and ask why you're flushing money down the toilet, just American. Garbage. And they'll tell you that because sounds they, just like an Eric Harley idea. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. They're going to tell you the government's okay. requiring it. But we're going to take wood shavings and some bark. We're going to compress it. Then we're going to seal it. And then we're going to bury it and monitor it. Meanwhile, you ready for this one? Mm. We can have some fun with this one. All right. From the Daily Star UK, Star Trek's William Shatner warns we're dying as he makes a plea to King Charles at the climate change conference this weekend in the UAE, one of the biggest oil producers in the world. Yeah, right. Star Trek icon William Shatner opened up about climate change during an appearance on Good Morning Britain, bemoaning stupid humans as he issued a plea to King Charles. William, uh, what was your appearance? Did you fly over there, or did you just did you do it? I hope. Yeah, I'm, I'm, maybe you just swam. Hopefully, you did. Hopefully, he might have taken an air-powered boat. Oh, okay. Hmm? Yeah. Wind-powered boat. Yeah. yeah. Shatner had fans worried as he. <laughs> as he issued a dire warning of very quick deaths on Good Morning Britain. The Star Trek icon appeared on UK TV to warn fans about human extinction amid the climate change crisis. He urged King Charles to make sure he gives an urgent warning to the British public at the climate change conference in a bombshell interview. All right. William Shatner told the program... He's got to say we're all going to die, mister. No, he didn't say mister. I added that at the end. Mm-hmm. He's got to say we're all going to die. That's what he should say to open up very quickly. We're all going to die. Okay. England is one of the foremost countries in the world, and it has to lead. We're burrowing into our own graves. We're dying, man. Your children are going to have difficult living. Do you understand that, mister? Isn't he the same guy that took a suborbital flight just for entertainment value? Yes. Okay. I thought so. Well, you can make the argument that's oxygen and Mm-hmm. And hydrogen, so you're not actually putting any carbon. And I'm sure those facilities kind of just built themselves. <laughs> right. yeah. I'm sure that you the have materials a point with the production process. Yes, were were mined out of nothing and just appeared. Maybe they were beamed there, you know, like on Star Trek. Well, he had. Didn't he was on American Pickers one time? Was he? He had to come out and find a bunch of stuff because he was doing a bunch of stuff around his yard mm. that you know you needed to be manufactured that produced oh. carbon oh, okay. for aesthetic value oh, for his okay. own All right. yard. All right, yeah, okay. Hmm. Well, he seems worked up about it. Could he not do that from the U.S.? Did he have I, to I travel? Don't know. There I don't know if all? he did or not. I don't know if it was on, if he was there in person or he did it. Mm. 
It's that, what we said with um, back when uh, Laurie David and Cheryl Crow, remember they were doing the bus tour together. And we said, well, why not in an EV or something? Yes. Yes. You don't need a big tour bus. Now, was that How for, dare you? What was that for? Remember, wasn't there like, didn't, wasn't Cheryl Crow saying one square of toilet paper is all you it need? It was about that time. And, yeah. and also demonizing Texas for not being uh, uh, friendly to renewable energy. And now we're the, aren't we number one in wind energy? Yeah. Yeah. We have the. Maybe she caused that to happen. Yeah, we're blowing the biggest wind. Yeah. Here. Maybe Texas Republicans said, you know what? Cheryl Crow has a point. Yeah. I love it when they get all preachy and then, you know, of course they have to flail their arms. Everybody's going to die. Okay. The fact of the matter is we're all going to die. But I don't think we have to freak out the way that William Shatner apparently is. It's not logical. Uh, The correspondent then uh, quizzed Mr. Shatner if he was generally fearful of human extinction, to which he replied, insects are going extinct. We don't go around saying, oh, my God, insects are going. Who cares? We are stupid human beings. Don't even know that they existed in the first place. End of quote. All right. Okie dokie. And coming up next on the program, you, you had to have known that that was like the interview was going, okay, we'll make some holiday cupcakes in the next segment. We'll be right back. We're all going to die. Yeah. Uh, okay. Ooh. Fine. Ooh. Ooh. Mm. Ooh. What? I did the check on Blue Origin. Yeah. You're right. What? They use liquid oxygen and liquefied natural gas. I knew they were using natural gas. Yeah. I didn't know to I didn't what know extent, that. but yeah. Yeah. I I figured it was just hydrogen and whatever, but if it's yeah. using liquefied natural gas, for entertainment purposes, he put carbon into the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. For his own personal entertainment. That entire flight was about him. Now, he didn't pay for it. I think they, they invited him and Bezos. Yeah, because everybody was blasting him for that. I went, okay, I got to yeah. check to see what they yeah. use, what propellant right. they use. Mm-hmm. They use liquefied natural gas. You, of course, you have to look at the, if they're going to measure by it, the carbon footprint of putting that all together. Oh, yeah, yeah, all of it. Yeah, go get preachy somewhere else. Scotty, <laughs> set him straight. Exactly. You know, I mean, it it just is annoying. It really is annoying. (laughs) (laughs) You know, when you get when when you just start to get and and that's the whole thing. If you have a cause, that's fine. But the left over and over again on this whole climate change thing, they've been screaming bloody murder. We're all going to die. We're all going to die. We're all going to die been hearing that for generations now well as i've said he isn't the first to say that but every single disaster prediction from 
when I first remember it around 1970, mm-hmm. I would have been, you know, 15 and starting to pay attention. Yeah. Every single disaster scenario, every single one never came true. And I simply have asked this question the whole time. If they're wrong on every disaster scenario right. for 55 years, right. should there be a call that they, well, call something correctly once? Exactly. Uh, comedian Jim Brewer has a new stand-up special. You and I were talking about it off the air. I watched it the other day, and he pointed out, he goes, okay, for you young people, when I was young, they were warning us of an ice age. You and I have talked about yeah. that. Mm-hmm. He said they've been warning, you know, like we've said, over and over again. In 89, he didn't talk about this. We've talked about it. In 89, if you work in the D.C. area by the year 2000, you'll be taking a gondola to work. And, of course, they live in, they're living, you know, and they're they're jets in the air, but when they get on the ground, they drive a, an EV. You know, to, to make you feel better about it. And the hypocrisy is just mind-boggling. Well, we do know. I mean, in science, we do know from science. We do know from physics, though, mm-hmm. that we, are, we will enter a new ice age. Yeah, that's going to happen. We will right. be, because of the uh, rotation and tilting of the planet mm-hmm. towards the sun. Mm-hmm. We will enter another yep. ice age. What is it? Another six to ten thousand years. Yep. So that you could be, you can sit there and you could say, "Yeah, well, we know that." Why do we know that? Because it happened before, mm-hmm. and we know specifically the physics of that. Right. Now, luckily, none of us have to worry about that, and hopefully, that will happen when we can't service the debt anymore. Right. So we, you know. The world might as well be gone at that point. Or human extinction, then, would be more acceptable. People would say, we, you know, we can't afford anything. We, we're living in caves again. It's exactly. not worth it. Exactly. What's the point? I don't care about people 6,000 years from now. Shatner made a promise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. 866-90-RED-EYE. This morning's USDA Farm Report is brought to you by Howes Products. Tested, trusted, guaranteed since 1920. The culmination of a busy Tuesday for U.S. Forest Service Chief Randy Moore. For 53 years, 43 different national forests have had the privilege of providing the people's tree, with a few forests having the honor to provide multiple times. At West Virginia Elementary School student Ethan Reese. I live very close to where the Capitol Christmas tree is from, the Monongahela National Forest. I spend a lot of time there with my family, and I'm the great-great-grandson of one of the very first supervisors of the Monongahela National Forest. Both participated in the holiday tree lighting ceremony at USDA headquarters earlier in the day and later in the evening took part in the U.S. Capitol Christmas tree lighting ceremony on the Capitol grounds. Reserved as the tree lighter for both events as winner of this year's U.S. Capitol Christmas tree essay contest. The Capitol Christmas tree remains lit, decorated, and on display throughout the holiday season. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. This report brought to you by Cenex Fuels and Loops. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. 
It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara. Well, after the developments over the last 36 hours, we can tell you this. Mark Cuban will not be president of the United States in 2024, running on the No Labels Party. Yeah, that's uh, not going to happen. <laughs> that role is already fulfilled by Joe Manchin. More buzz about Joe Manchin. Yeah, but you, you saw no that labels. Bi- Biden that Cuban said that mm-hmm. he was approached by the No Labels yeah. Party. Yeah, No Labels was like, we got to find someone that people perceive as having strong opinions, but is as wishy washy as everybody else. When it actually comes down to the hard issues out there, even though we will always give Mark Cuban the credit for bringing up the college loan bubble, well, that and the fact that. Yeah, we you know that that college loans should be maxed out. What at ten thousand dollars? That's how bad it is. Yeah, Mansion fits that role perfectly, but still is weak for the no labels. He's too weak for the no labels party. (laughs) They went to Mark Cuban first. Come on, come on, save us from Mansion. (laughs) Just say you'll run. (laughs) Just so he'll go away. You know what it was probably the no Mm. labels party said you've been strong though. On the college loan bubble, we really can't have that. That's too strong of an opinion. Yeah. You really can't have that. You know, that. You, you've said some things, and we're concerned about that. You saying things and stuff. This is the No Labels Party. You can't <laughs> say anything. Also, you have a, you know, you, this idea of just having an opinion on anything and maybe having a spokesperson. You can't have a spokesperson either. No, no, no. No they, labels. No opinions. Do they have a platform yet? No. No platform. So good, you know you want to listen again with our podcast, available on our app and at RedEyeRadioShow.com. And he's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. All right, Elon Musk speaking out about uh, the uh, the status of, of uh, X, formerly known as uh, Twitter yesterday. You and I asked the question early on, what the heck is the business model for what he paid for it? We could never figure it out. Now it looks like... Uh, he never figured it out. Yeah, right. Uh, you've, you know, and there there was this talk about monetizing and, and, and doing basically what right now I think YouTube does best. And the reason YouTube does it best, uh, many, of the, many of those influencers on YouTube will tell you that their, all of their content lives on YouTube. It stays there. So it has the potential, and often with anyone with any following, those older videos will still produce views. Mm -hmm. Other types of social media 
don't have that same effect. Well, if you're going to do that with Twitter, you're going to have to build out a, a, a totally different behavior. Um, you're going to have to train the user to do something different than they've been doing. And Twitter was always about, boom, you put up your opinion and you move on, right? And it goes by, your newsfeed goes by pretty quickly. You may be following a bunch of people, but if you're not on Twitter all day watching it, watching your feed, or you don't have your notifications set, you're going to miss what people are posting. The point being is that it was designed to move that way. It was designed to kind of keep moving. So you have to then change the business model in terms of how those content uh, providers, they, the, any of the people that you want to attract, would then post stuff and also monetize that. Then comes, you know, some of his latest tweets. And there was one tweet that he endorsed and I think responded to. And uh, he was accused of anti-Semitism. Well, that got him in some hot water. Um, yesterday, he apologized for that and also said that those any of those corporations who were pulling their ads and and this entire um, you know process of of uh, what he said if you're you know if you're if you're blackmailing me by doing this by holding that advertising than blank you. Mm-hmm. Um, then he at one point pointed or singled out Bob Iger, the CEO of Disney, who was in the audience. Disney's one of those companies who have pulled their ads from X and said, hi, Bob, during that whole rant. Well, the problem is he also acknowledged that what this is, what the advertiser boycott will do. He said it will kill the company. And if it lasts, it just might. Now, I don't know if that was hyperbole or if he's looking at his numbers saying we're bleeding cash. And many believe that, you know, that could be the case, especially with those big ad dollars going away from Disney, Apple and other companies right now that are boycotting based on that one tweet. And he did apologize for that tweet yesterday. Um, you and I talked about it off the air when when it happened. It's like, OK, hold on a second. There's nothing that indicates that he's an anti-Semite. I don't know what's in the mind of him. I don't know if there's any kind of hatred for any person or people in his heart. I can't tell you that. But what I can tell you, of all the people, in of all the places, he can't be uh, responding to tweets in the way that he did that type of tweet in that way because... There's no way at the very least that it's going to, you know, that it's not going to be taken out of context. And that's what many people will say happened. They, you know, the, a lot of people that are defending him saying, look, this is what he meant by it. And he was he was really condemn, con, condemning hatred and really wasn't. He's not an anti-Semite. He meant this. Well, well you can't risk that being the guy no. who owns the platform and also happens to be the one person in the world that everybody watches all day, every day. He's in the spotlight all day, every day. Well, you and National Review went point by point on it and said he's not an anti-Semite. You know, here's what he was responding to. Mm-hmm. But 
when you like something mm-hmm. and it isn't absolutely clear, the left will pound on you. Mm-hmm. And even if it isn't true, we know this, for example, we saw the boycott of Georgia that was based on a lie. Right. It was based on race baiting. Mm-hmm. It was based on a lie to say that the Georgia election law was, you know, Jim Crow, mm-hmm. which, of course, it wasn't anybody who would take any type of time. If you took five seconds to look at it and knew what the history of Jim Crow was, you would know that the Georgia election law had nothing to do with it. And right. now the Major League Baseball All-Star Games coming back to Georgia and nobody on the left is screaming at all. Right. Nobody. And so, but when you're the head guy, and you and I have talked about, what, when we talk about the Republican Party, that they need to effectively communicate. And that means you make absolutely clear that, for example, uh, I'll like something where it says, um, um, the Bills blew it last week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right. The refs stink. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that Kansas City should give up one of their Super Bowls and give it to the Bills mm. uh, because of the uh, Native Ameri- American kid uh, wearing, uh, you know, dressing up as basically as a Native American and the media getting it wrong that he was in blackface. Mm-hmm. Those are the things I'll like. Why? Because surely they're all kidding. Right. They're they're obviously a joke. What he liked was not a joke. It was a serious statement. And it gets back to part of the statement is, and who said it the other day, too? There was somebody else. It wasn't Horowitz. Who who said yesterday that that uh that uh some Jews are the biggest anti Semites because they're not supporting Israel? Yeah, I don't I don't and, know. Yeah, somebody said that yeah, and was just like, okay. Then you start getting people thinking, wait a minute, how, how can Jews be anti-Semite? And you get into it, well, that's wrong to do that. And therefore, you saying that Jews is, are anti-Semites is anti-Semitism to begin with. Right. It's like, yeah. you, but yeah. you, but if you're, if you're just somebody in, if you're just some normal person getting into that, it's probably no big deal. When you're the CEO, if you respond to it, you must not just respond to it, but be yeah. absolutely crystal clear what your opinion is so it cannot be taken out of context in any manner or form. Look, the Democrats today lie about what Trump said at Charlottesville. They continue to do it. Yep. They continue to take out a part of what he said that puts everything into context, which is completely different. From what the left does with it. Mm-hmm. And who just did that? Somebody took it out of context in the last couple of weeks. How many years ago was that? Yeah, what's that, 2017? Yeah, I mean, that, that's how long it is. And they're still... So you have to be absolutely crystal clear. And even if you are, they'll take you out of context. Yeah. And they'll lie about what you said. So, But you can't do it. You have to be... And so that's his mistake. I'll tell you one thing, though, because there's one thing that when he took over, 
and everybody cheered freedom of speech, right? Yeah, freedom sure. of speech, freedom of speech, freedom of speech, freedom of speech. I go through X. I can't stay on long. Yeah, right. There are so many untruths when you go through there. I mean, post after post after post after post after post. Okay, it's free speech. But of what value is it to me if I go through and say, that's not true, 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 that's not true. And I see it on both sides. And I've said before, one of the biggest things in this country is not only people lying, but people accepting lies and people that call themselves conservatives line when there's no need ever for a conservative to lie about what they believe if they're true conservatives right. ever. Right. But when I see that, I'm like, man, don't care anymore. There well, is, no, there I is, mean, it, it, it and, has become. And, it, and is that marketable? And do I want, you know, it's one thing to say free speech. Everybody has free speech. It's another thing to commercialize that. Well, and, you know, I mean, there there are platforms where it's done, where it is monetized heavily. The difference is, is when you post something on X, it's, of course, transcribed. Most of what's put up there is not in video form. You put it on YouTube, you would have to sit and listen to it and watch it. Right, exactly. So yes. when you yes. post something... That's a great point. And you're reading it. It's right there. The statement is right there. It can't, you don't have to go and extract it from a video or audio. And that's what makes it especially challenging. No, you're right. Because I can say the same thing for YouTube. Yeah. Right. I can look now. Right. YouTube covers so many different topics. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. the thing. I mean, there's so many different people. And they do monitor it and demonetize certain videos. Uh, it's happened quite a bit. Uh, Dr. John Campbell, a British doctor who has been all over the whole COVID thing, and he tends to be of, if I'm reading it right, more of a conservative-leaning, but certainly fact-based physician. This is somebody who has been a, a doctor for a long time who was demonetized on a couple of videos, and he came back and had to issue a response. He didn't apologize. He didn't change anything. But he said, you know, here's what happened. And there was a response. And they didn't tell me why. So YouTube will will do that. But it's, it is different. And certainly it's different when you own the place, when you own the platform. Yeah. Exactly. Everyone's watch. Elon Musk can tweet mm-hmm. something and it can change the markets. And you make a great point because on YouTube – you have to actually click onto the video. Mm-hmm. You have to extract right. it from, you have right. to watch right. it and, 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 and listen to it and then decipher it. But if you, if you write something, it's right there. It's the post is right there and it doesn't matter. You can delete it later. I guarantee you somebody's already t- taken a screenshot of it. And those are the things that, you know, again, are going to be the challenges of monetizing uh, Twitter, but beyond that, just the ad revenue in general. How difficult is it? What kind of response are they seeing? And I guess it depends on the the type of advertiser and the type of product or service. But what are the demographics of you know who's using Twitter on a regular basis? Of all the social media platforms, they're not at the top. 
and you you look at the daily user count, and they're down on the list. You have to change that, and you also have to change how long and how active each user is. You want them to be there, you know, theoretically all day, every day. But you want those eyes that are there. I'll never forget when the Snapchat CEO said, well, we're having a, a problem, you know, with the with being able to, to keep data and then monetize it. Well, the whole design of Snapchat initially was, okay, boom, something happens, and then it disappears, right? Right. The conversation is kind of, you know, boom, fleeting by design. Well, we don't know how to capture the data, and, well, you got to – kind of change the basis of what you're doing first to preserve that data, but that requires you to change the basis of the actual platform. I don't know. I don't have the answers, but certainly big changes would be required, I think, at X, and we'll see if they can get it done. If they can, it'll be huge. Yeah. I, it's I don't an know. uphill battle. They haven't yet, though. They're going to have to they copy haven't. basically what YouTube right. is doing to I, make it work like YouTube. They have not moved in the right direction a year into it. No, not even close. No. 86690 Red Eye. Lines open for your calls. 86690 Red Eye on Red Eye Radio. Red Eye Radio, he's our Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara. Well, the uh, debate, the big debate that means nobody nothing. is talking about it means nothing. <laughs> is, uh, is tonight. We'll be interesting to see if uh, DeSantis can make the, the argument of Florida versus California. I, he's perfectly capable of doing it. I don't see why it wouldn't happen. But the question is, how far does it go? It will be interesting to see the back and forth, but I think we pretty much know where each of them stand yes. and where, yeah. where their states are. Yeah. And what the talking points are going to be. Exactly. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Hey guys, welcome to the Candy Valentino Show. I'm Candy Valentino. I was a founder before I could legally order a drink. And for more than two and a half decades, I've built, scaled, acquired, and exited multiple businesses in diverse industries. Now my goal is to help you by sharing the knowledge that I've learned, the mistakes that I've made, and the wisdom that I've developed over my journey. Bi-weekly episodes every Monday and Thursday. The Candy Valentino Show, wherever you listen. Every story eventually comes to an end. This June, hear the final episode of Season 2 of the hit podcast series In the Red Clay, Durham. In the Red Clay tells the unbelievable true story of Billy Sunday Burt, the most dangerous man in Georgia history. In the podcast that people are calling riveting, incredibly moving, captivating, and addicting. Binge Seasons 1 and 2 of In the Red Clay now, wherever you listen. 